Welcome to Leader Secrets Revealed, tapping into the tips and tricks of great leadership. And this is for new and emerging leaders and people who report to leaders and want to know how they can influence them to be even better. Enjoy. So welcome to Leader Secrets Revealed podcast, where my goal is to help you understand some of the skills exceptional leaders have to create performing teams, skills that you can develop to increase your abilities to step up into leadership roles, to increase your reputation as a leader and to create the sort of culture that you and your team want to be part of. I'm Murray Burgess and I'm your host today talking with Emma Weber from Lever Transfer of Learning and Her Leadership Secrets. And if you would like to learn more about my Dynamic Leaders program or my team programs, please go to murrayburgess.com or email me at murray at murrayburgess.com. And at the end of this, I'd love to know your tips on great leadership. And if you know someone who you feel I should interview, please let me know. So welcome, Emma, and thank you for joining me on this week's podcast. Pleasure, Mari. Great to be here. Thank you. I'm going to read your bio. It's very impressive. So Emma started her first career, um, which lasted until she was about 30, and it was in retail buying and merchandising, working in the UK and Middle East. And it was during this time that Emma learned to coach with her first small team in London and realised that as you move through a company, it's more about people and less about what you actually do. Emma moved to Australia and started her own business in 2002 and has been fortunate to be building an exceptional team ever since. Her firm belief is that the key aim of learning in the workplace is to create, create tangible business benefits. And this is also the platform on which she built her successful global business. Lever Transfer of Learning, was established to help organisations and their employees convert learning into effective action on the job. And under her guidance, Lever now delivers turning learning into action programs throughout 20 countries and in 12 languages. A recognised authority on the transfer of learning, Emma has been a guest speaker at conferences in Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia and the US. And she's also published two books, Turning Learning into Action, a proven methodology for effective transfer of learning and making change work, how to create behavioural change in organisations to drive impact and ROI, co-authored with Jack and Patty Phillips of the ROI Institute. Wow, that is so impressive. Can't wait to, to dive into a bit more of that. So I want to start by asking you, Emma, you, you really started your leadership journey in your 20s. And you've been growing that ever since. So what are the what are the aspects of that story that you want to share with us? Well, Mari, it's funny because I, in preparation for today, um, I was thinking, what are my leadership secrets? And by the way, I will be very keen to hear from your other listeners as to what their leadership secrets are because I just think how fantastic that this is a, a forum where we can all learn from each other. Um, but I was thinking that in my 20s, um, when I was a corporate leader, even before that, I think when you're a youth or, um, you know, in your late teens, you can still be a leader then. And I actually did, um, you know, um, girl guides in a sort of a leadership role, um, scouting movement in a leadership role. Um, I was on, you know, involved in school committees. And I actually think that's where I started to learn how do you lead, not through the intention of leading, but just showing up and getting involved. 
So I was kind of reflecting that then when you get into the workplace, you're actually used to um, getting involved, whether that's leading a team or being part of a team. Fantastic. What sort of help, and, and if you're going to go way back, I'm sure there was lots of different versions of this, but what sort of help did you get along the way? Um, mentors to me have been very important. And I think right up until I was um, about in my late 20s, it was always very informal, just people helping out, giving you advice, whether that's friends, family, whatever the format that takes. And I think I had my first organisational mentor um, when I was probably about 25, 26 at Freeman's Home Shopping. Um, Richard um, Huthwaite was in fact his name and he was a, a senior leader within Freeman's. I still remember to this day um, him saying to me in one of our um, sessions, and I think we only maybe even got together three or four times, he said, Emma, was it the, when, when I was struggling with something, he said, it was it the idea that was wrong or the implementation? And that has stayed with me throughout my whole career. And um, I actually managed to reach out to, to Richard a couple of years ago and let him know how grateful I was for his mentorship way back then through LinkedIn. So, um, so mentors have helped me throughout every stage of my leadership journey, especially now that I'm running my own business. Yeah. And I'm going to move on to your own business in a sec. I actually want to dive back to the fact that you did start in retail, um, buying and merchandising, and you worked in both the UK and the Middle East. What sort of contrast did you find, even in being part of a team there, compared to, well, how did they compare with each other? Working in the Middle East was a very challenging, stretching environment in many, many ways. Um, I had worked for a leader in the UK and they moved to the Middle East and we were a really great team and um, he invited me then to join his team in the Middle East and um, I was kind of quite naive at the time and just thought wow what an adventure nothing to lose but boy that is that is it's a tough gig I lived in the Q8 um, and it's it's a it's a tough country to be um, and I think you you learn resilience, and um, it's it's a it's a very different ball game to work in a completely different culture. And I remember when um, probably five years later, I decided to move to Australia, having gone back to the UK after about sixteen months. Precisely, I can tell you, I was in the Middle East. Um, my um, I, I thought to myself, well, actually, if I can make it in the Middle East, Australia is going to be a walk in the park. So, um, so yes, I encourage people to try different cultures. Um, would I go back and do a Middle East stint again? Personally, I don't know. So don't let me put anyone off um, an adventure, uh, but, but be prepared. It can be quite tough. Um, I can imagine that when we get into some of your tips, tricks and secrets that um, you would have picked up a lot of, resourceful tricks from that stint in the Middle East. Now, you then you moved to Australia and you started your own business. That's a really gutsy move, moving to a new country and starting a business. So, so can you share a little bit about that decision? Um, Mari, I think one of the interesting things is when you know something is the right decision, it doesn't feel like a gutsy decision. And there was absolutely no hesitation in my mind moving to Australia to the other side of the world to work in a field that I have never worked in before 
and start a business here was the right thing to do. And so I sold my flat in London to finance starting the business over here. Um, I did have in the back of my mind that I would give it a year, giving it everything I had. And if it failed, I'd go back to London pretending I'd just been traveling. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, was my, <laughs> that was my you know, backup plan if it didn't go as planned. But, you know, I had cut ties in the UK and I was, I was here for good on um, day one. Wow, that's great. So what have you learned most in, in all of that journey, particularly now because you are, it, this is your business, you have, to, you have to build the team, which is also a joy and a challenge. What have you learned most about building and, and leading and getting to that high-performing state? Um, I mean, you absolutely can't do it alone. And um, as I say, I've had amazing mentors to help and guide. Um, for me, the real secret of a team is collaboration and working as a team. And um, Mari, I wish I could be more precise. We have built a, a sensational culture here at Lever and just have the, you know, the most incredible people that are involved. And I'm not sure that I know the exact strategy of how we've done it. Apart from, um, you know, we are a values-based business, so we really make sure that we are living our, our values. Um, and when we first decided on our values, there were three of us on the team and we have kind of kept those alive and, and keep working with those values now. Um, I think I've done my best to be transparent but also really make time for the team. I mean, anyone in a leadership position, whether you're in corporate, whether you're running your own business, um, you know, whether you're a, a mother at home that's on the school committee, um, we're all really, really busy, but you have to make time for your team and for your people. So I am really um, committed to regular one-on-ones with my team. Occasionally, even if they get moved, they're still moved within that week. And as a team, we have a global catch-up monthly that is specifically to build culture. Um, and I ask my team, you know, what do we want these calls to look like? Um, so everyone has an input. Um, we do things like uh, we have grateful, glad sign off at every meeting and we go through um, not every meeting, but every team meeting or sorry, or our weekly team meeting or our monthly meeting. And each member contributes one thing that they're grateful or glad for in their life at that moment. It can be to do with work. It can be to do with, um, you know, the weather holidays coming up, whatever. And so we have little rituals that we've put in place that I really think help us ground to what we're about. Um, and, you know, we have little pulse check, pulse check check-ins at the beginning of meetings that I got out of a book. Um, so, you know, we have little things that we've put in place. Happy to explain more about pulse checks if anyone's interested. I think it's something that Bain and Co. used. They, um, someone published in it a book about, um, broadly about being a workaholic or don't sleep with your smartphone, I think it was called. Um, but really great way to check in how everyone's feeling at the start of each meeting, the value they think they're giving to the business, how happy they are with their learning and um, their workload. So we always check in with each member of the team before we even go into our weekly meeting. So, Marie, that is a very long answer to a question. So apologies for not for lack of succinctness there. No, I love that. Is within leadership, isn't there? 
Well, well, absolutely. And we're going to dive a bit more into those. And I love the idea that you do pulse checks at the beginning of meetings. I mean, how refreshing, because normally we hear about pulse checks that are done sort of every half year or every year. It's like, really, what's the point of that? You're doing one point in time. So uh, great tip there. And yes, yeah, so thanks for sharing that. So with, with leadership, of course, comes challenge. What's your biggest challenge in your role today? Our business is going through a real transformation, um, a digital transformation. We're a very high-touch, human-based business, and our whole product and service offering has been bought, built around a fabulous team that deliver in um, 16 countries and 12 languages. And increasingly, we have interest from the market for our artificial intelligence chatbot chat conversational interface, uh, which essentially means where people would have in the past spoken with one of my team, they're now speaking with a um, conversational interface, artificial intelligence. So that is a huge change within our business. And it's, it's a big challenge, and I think it's a challenge that other leaders will face, is how do we bring in automation, leverage technology, and still keep our culture high, our team engaged, and our team you know, still using those resources um, so that, for me, is the, the biggest challenge I'm facing right now. So you're really changing the front end of your business or the, the customer-facing aspect of your business to some extent using this chatbot. What have you personally found the most challenging about that? I think I, um, you know, hand on heart, I think I held up the development of that service offering because I was concerned around, about my team and what my team you know, was I was it an ego based, and I was worried about what people would think a bit think about me. Um, you know, potentially you're not going to get the same level of results as you would speaking with a human. So um, I kind of was a bit in my head saying, well, you're getting results at a much lower cost, but perhaps it's not as good as the results that you'd get from a higher cost from speaking for a team. Um, so I think I got in the way of moving forward with that piece because my team have been hugely supportive every step of the journey. And we now have a, a working group in place to help um, how we will augment our artificial intelligence service with our human team. And so we will actually have a combination offering. And, you know, the best AIs in the market at the moment are augmented with humans. So we will be following that path. Um, but, yeah, getting in my own way, Marie was um, a bit of a wake-up call and um, the team have been hugely supportive. That's so fantastic. So I guess that brings me to, so that's your biggest challenge, getting out of your own way. What do you think your biggest strength is in leading effectively? I have a lot of feedback from my team that they have worked in other teams which are similar and yet very different. So in our industry, I think what we're doing is quite unique. And I think the strength that I bring to that is um, honesty, communication and collaboration. And so I really, I do monthly videos for my team because we're all spread around the world. Um, I find that like a little, we call it the, the monthly lever update is a good way for people to find out what we're at, what's happening. And it also means when we're in a team meeting, that doesn't waste time with me just telling everyone you know, what we've been up to as a business, we can actually find out from others. So I think that, yeah, communication and um, transparency and collaboration, I'm hoping are the strengths. 
Okay, so are your monthly videos like informal sit-downs or is it a quite a formal thing that you do? No, it's quite informal um, and sometimes it will be just me and, and quite often it's myself and Cherry, who's the, my head of operations, and Cherry will talk about operations and I'll talk about what's been happening here. Um, when we had our general manager based here in Sydney, we would often go out. We would go out down to the, the beach or we'd stand underneath the Christmas tree um, and just, you know, hold the phone and, and do our sort of selfie-based videos. Um, with Cherry involved, um, we use Zoom because we're both in different locations, so I'm less out and about. Um, but I think people used to love to see where will Emma pop up uh, oh. this month for the team <laughs> video. So, uh, yeah, we try and it. keep it fun and fun and informal. Have you done a special Christmas one yet? Um, actually, it's on the list for today, Mari. <laughs> so I was looking at the Christmas tree thinking, shall I... <laughs> <laughs> Shall I head out under there, get the Christmas hat on? Excellent. Let me know how you go. So what are your delegation tips? Um, you you can't get to where you are. You can't get to leading a company unless you're pretty damn good at, at delegating. So what are your tips around doing that well? I think I can always learn in this, in this area. Um, <laughs> I think being as clear as you can as to expectations and timeframes is something I'm constantly learning on, uh, learning about and learning to do um, better. We, um, because of our, our approach to learning transfer is a coaching-based approach, I'm really good at asking questions. I'm not so good at giving directions. So um, I've learned that to become a good delegator, you not only need to be a great coach, but you need to just tell people what you want and when you want it by, and they can then deliver that. Yes. So that would be my biggest tip. Just um, just say what you need. <laughs> just say really clearly what you need um, and when you need it for. Simple, isn't it, Mari? You, you wouldn't even <laughs> believe that's a tip. So um, I hope that's useful. No, but it's so right. When we have a coaching mindset, it's, it's almost like we couch everything rather than tell people directly because we want them to feel the ownership for it. So I think absolutely that's like the number one tip for, for delegating well is actually just tell them what you need. They work out how. Mm. So I love that. So overall, and, and I know you've woven these throughout our conversation so far, but overall what are the three top leadership tips that you think you have there's something I've learned through the along the journey and it was when you mentioned about the Middle East Bari and coming to um and traveling here and one of the things that I think when I was a younger leader I was too possibly too proud to admit when I had made a mistake and I stayed in the Middle East for 16 months crossing the days off in three separate places counting down every trip to the UK and I think the longest I did without um going back to the UK was about 33 days. Um, maybe it was longer, but um, I used to count the day down in three different places and um, I wasn't going to leave there losing money on that venture. Um, and I sort of said, I'm not, uh, and when I moved to Australia, my mum said to me, look, I don't mind if you move to Australia and I, you know, I wish you well and I hope your business flies, but don't be too proud not to come back if you've made a mistake. And so I think um, as a leader, having some humility and not being too proud is really important. Um, I remember when we were putting together our values, one of the team um, 
we were we did it through um, picture cards. So we chose pictures that we felt resonated with us, and then we put words to those pictures. And we have this beautiful picture of a kind of a Buddha head. And um, Marie on my team at the time, who's still with us now, said to me, um, Emma, I think that picture is all about humility. And I said to Marie, Marie, I don't think I know what humility means. Can you explain it to me? And she said, Emma, the fact that you can say to your team, you don't know what that word means, is humility. And so we now have one of our values as um, fearless humility, um, which we take throughout our work, um, which is important in a coaching perspective that, you know, you can be fearless when you're having a conversation with someone and have that level of humility that it's not about telling you what to do. But equally as a leader, I think um, that fearless humility is really important. So pride versus humility is my top tip. Yeah, I love it. Uh, one of my uh, wonderful colleagues, Tracy Ezard, has um, part of her values, but certainly part of her business is ferocious warmth, which mm. is as a leader, we need to have that ferocious warmth to 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 actually step courageously into leadership and be ferocious about it. But we've got to have that that warmth, and it really yeah. reminds me of that fearless that fearless uh, humility. My my second tip, or if it's if it's worth considering, is um, I'm really really into collaboration. You know, we have high levels of collaboration as a team for those people that want to get involved in dis- in decision making and sharing opinions. But what I really have learned is that the decision stops with me, and so um, it's about getting that balance right between collaborating and getting people involved. Um, but if I have already made a decision that I know is the right decision, I will actually run with that. So it's that that kind of um, balance between collaborating and owning and making your decisions and not getting other people to make the decisions for you as the leader. And my final one is to ask for help. You know, people will be so happy to help if they can. And if they can't help, they will typically suggest someone else that can. And I have been so fortunate to have... um, the help of many people, um, men and women, um, across my leadership journey. So I would just say, just ask for help. Ask for help. Fantastic. And now I want to move into your personal daily habits that sustain you. Um, so tell us, tell me about your daily habits that make you successful. Um, my non-negotiable, which I think has been in place for about five, six years now is um, daily meditation, which I use to calm my mind and raise my own energetic vibration, depending on what your uh, view of the world is. So that is a non-negotiable for me. And for me, that's like cleaning your teeth of a morning. It's just just resetting. And um, one of my um, great uh, spiritual mentors who I love say, if you if you don't um, meditate of the morning, it's like trying to um, you know, vacuum your apartment without plugging the vacuum cleaner in. And so she just says, you know, why would you go to work not having plugged yourself in for the day? Oh, that is such a great metaphor. Um, so, so that for me is a, a non-negotiable. Um, I'm very much, so that the, the habit that I wish I had, I wish I was more consistent in is my exercise. Um, and the days when I have, time and make time to exercise either in the morning or after work are great and I try and have 
be in a routine with that. Needs a bit of massaging at the moment through um, working with a lot of different time zones. Um, you know, I often have a seven o'clock business start, which um, you know for me is a is an early early ish start. Uh, by the time you've done all your your self care in the morning, um, the other habit is that I'm a very big list person. And um, so I write everything down so that my mind isn't cluttered and use my list. Um, I shared with someone about my four different columns of lists that I used to have in my A4 workbook and and they use it now with their their clients. So I um, I used to have an A4 notebook. I used to more or less have one every month. I'd fold over the two pages. So when you'd have a double open spread, you'd have four columns and it was your... um, high priority in the left-hand column, then slightly lesser priority. Your third column is your projects, which is just ongoing and will be there the whole time. And the fourth column is your personal. And um, that list usually gets rewritten every week. And I'm, yeah, big list person because then it helps him prioritize. And then I just, you know, like on my list today, I then just put a one next to what are the things that really must be done next. Now, I have upgraded and I never thought this would happen from a pen and paper list to I use GoodNotes in iPads the whole time now and this has literally changed my business life. Um, Particularly for leaders amongst us, for my one-on-ones, it's so easy now just to have a, um, I have a notebook for one-on-ones, I have each person bookmarked within the notebook I can within seconds go to the one-on-one meeting that I had with that person last week and immediately follow up on my action points and and check in with where we left it. And to do that with paper, when you're transitioning one notebook to another, where is it in the notebook? Have you put a bookmark? Good notes and an iPad and an Apple pencil. Um, Life-changing. What a great... What a great thing to have in your daily habits, and I love that. Uh, and certainly one of the, when you talk about lists and to, to clear your mind, one of the first things I talk about when I focus, uh, work with leaders around delegation is write down everything that's in your mind at the moment that you are currently focusing on or have parked, and let's get a view of that. And I, I did that. I know I did that several months ago with a, a senior leader, senior leader in a major hospital here in Victoria, and literally 90 minutes later, we're still writing up on the whiteboard, oh, yeah. and there's this and this and this. So that is such a great tip. So mm. thank you for that. And I'll be definitely looking at good notes. I'm using um, a rocket book, which is an erasable notebook, because I was finding the same. The transition across to between notebooks was such a problem for me, keeping track of who was where. Yeah. Um, but I actually like this idea, perhaps even more. So I'm going to investigate that. Thank you. So the last section that I want to move into now is your learning mindset and I don't think we'll have any problems here uh, or you'll have any problems here talking about this because this is your whole focus and this is your whole business aspect. Uh, So from a learning mindset point of view and I'm going to use the term sharpening the saw, what, what do you do and I've sort of go what podcasts or books do you read or recommend but what else do you do to keep keep that learning mindset engaged? So I think the, the reality is that you need to make time for it. Um, as busy as you are, <laughs> unless you um, carve aside some time for learning, potentially every quarter, 
then, um, you know, a whole year can go by and you perhaps haven't done anything specific with your learning. But I think the, the bigger message for me, Mari, coming out of learning is, you know, our, our trademark and my book is called Turning Learning Into Action. If you learn something, implement it. And don't go on to learning more things until you have actually, you know, maximized or made a really good stab at implementing what you have first learned. And a lot of the time, people think learning is about listening to the podcast or about attending the training program. The learning is not about the skills and knowledge. It's about applying it in your day-to-day. That's the only time the learning will become useful. Um, So sorry, I've got my turning learning into action, lever transfer of learning hat on here. Um, And that that can be difficult. And, you know, I work with um, coaches or people to help hold me accountable to put that learning in place. And I have, um, you know, action plans and action points um, to make sure that I'm maximizing what I learn. And so for me, the learning can come from, you know, lots of different places. It can be a meeting where someone's referred a book. Um, I'm loving the Don't Stop Us Now podcast. Um, learning can come so many different places. And I, even as a, a business leader, I try and invest in um, learning with other professionals so that you can really keep improving and, and bettering yourself. I, I don't think as a leader you ever get to the point where you um, don't need any more learning. <laughs> I agree. You've just, you've just kind of got to keep on that, that learning space and make sure you have the right team around you to help you with that learning. All right. Uh, this is just so rich with great tips and advice right the way through and totally concur with with what you've said there and even your example of pulse checks which you said you took from a book which is implementing what you're reading or learning so what would be your parting advice to emerging leaders um so do focus on turning learning into turning your learning into action make the most of every learning opportunity be true to yourself um you know you will know whether what you're doing really makes your heart sing or not and it's not to say that every day we're going to be absolutely on, on fire and, you know, we all have a, a, you know, a varied experience through the week. Um, but just really be true to what your role is and contribution to make to the planet and the world and, and follow that. Um, and the, the final thing I was thinking, Mari, is I, you know, I have a really great team here within Lever, but I also have what I call Team M. And Team M is a you know, a team of, of practitioners um, or mentors or advisors who actually help me keep moving forward. Um, you know, I have my body worker, my health practitioner, um, acupuncture. And without really taking care of myself, and the team would say, Emma, hear that yourself, you should take care of yourself more often. So hands hands up, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. Um but you've got to take care, take care of yourself and have all these support mechanisms around you to really perform at your highest level and, um, you know, encourage your, your teams to look after themselves too. So that would be my top tip. Emma, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you for your time. And, and I look forward to watching the journey of your organisation emerge as time keeps ticking away. So thank you. Pleasure. 
You can find out more about Emma Weber on her LinkedIn profile and that address will be in the show notes. I loved Emma's tips throughout this podcast on great leadership attributes like collaboration, honesty and communication. And she also spoke about her learning to delegate effectively, which is just saying what you need rather than take a coaching approach. And, for, and also to not be too proud to admit your mistakes. You can get the show notes at murrayburgess.com forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to be a guest on my show or know a leader who you consider exceptional, please send me a message. Either, go, either email me at murray at murrayburgess.com or go to my website and click on contact. And if you'd like to know more about my leadership programs, including workshops and leadership coaching, and my newly released seven steps to go from doer to delegator, please contact me. Thanks for listening to Leader Secrets Revealed. And if you'd like what you've heard, I would love you to leave a review at murrayburgess.com in the podcast section. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please share the link with colleagues and friends or on your social media feeds and help others learn how to be great leaders. Or if you're in a team, what a great leader looks like and how you can help develop that. If you know of someone that you think I should interview, please let me know via my website. Thanks.